This is Thursday, September 23rd. Now, this first chapter of Paul's letter to the Colossians includes the words of a hymn from the early church. It's a song about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. That's Colossians 1, 15-19. Now on Sunday we looked at the way this song puts forth the various ways that Jesus is the head. He's the first. He's preeminent. Now one of the difficulties of looking at Jesus is that looking at him is like looking at the sun. The brilliance of who he is cannot be captured. I felt this when preparing for last week's message. As I explained, it's like trying to catch lightning. It flashes with such brilliance, but you cannot bottle it up. Jesus is living and active in our world. Now, we're not talking about someone that can be confined to the pages of history. Jesus lives. I remember one of my professors from seminary explaining what it was like to write the history of Christianity in Asia. His work begins when some of the apostles went east with the gospel message. The book of Acts follows Paul and Silas as they crisscross the Roman world. But the apostle Thomas, the one we think of as doubting Thomas, went to India and the church was planted and flourished there. My professor recorded the spread of Christianity on from there on to China and to Korea and Japan. I remember him explaining as he arrived in our modern times that it was easier to write about the dead than the living. Now, he said this was true for two reasons. First, those living, well, they haven't finished out their lives and ministries. And second, those people, having read your book, could take issue with what you say about them. (laughs) Now, here's the thing about Jesus. He's still alive. As we read this section of Paul's letter to the church in Colossae, we notice that Paul, as he speaks with the church about Jesus, mentions only two things from Jesus' earthly ministry. He speaks of the cross of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. We might wonder, why does he not retell the story of Jesus' life? I think it's because for Paul, he knows that Christ is alive and at work in the world, right then and there. He has no need or desire to rehash things Jesus did when he lived in Galilee. Christ is alive and working. I wonder how we think of Jesus. Do we think of Jesus' life confined to the years he spent in Israel? Or do we know that Jesus is alive even now and working in, his, in our midst by his Spirit? Paul very much wanted to talk about the living Christ. He could see Jesus redeeming people, rescuing them from darkness and bringing them into light. It's a very exciting thing 
when you come to relate to Jesus that lives rather than the Jesus of the past. Now, this doesn't lessen what Jesus did during his earthly ministry at all, but it keeps us looking for him to work in the here and now, right with us. Now, Paul uses this hymn from the early church to speak more about the eternal aspects of who Jesus is. We do always need to remember who Jesus is and what he's done, yet we can know and enjoy the living God here and now. Now, that professor I mentioned was at one time a missionary in China. He told the story of how he encountered Jesus at that time. One day, Chinese soldiers arrived at the mission office and arrested him. This was during the Chinese Cultural Revolution, and the government wanted to get missionaries out of the country. My professor was the treasurer for the mission agency, and the government claimed that he had stolen money from the mission. Of course, the mission didn't really even have any money to be taken. It was all a sham. He was put on trial, and the judge assigned to the case treated him very poorly, bitterly, and did not allow for a, a reasonable defense to be made. He seemed spiteful and determined to destroy him. The handwriting was on the wall, and my professor knew he'd be convicted and sent off to jail. And indeed, he was convicted. But the surprise was that he was not sentenced to jail, he was sentenced to exile. The judge ordered that he be deported from the country. And this was the lightest possible sentence. <laughs> and it would actually help get him to freedom and safety. After my professor was sentenced, he was led by the guards through the corridor to leave the court and he saw the judge in the hallway, and the judge gave him a simple gesture that let him know that he too was a Christian. It was then my professor knew why the judge had to act harshly toward him. It was so that he could ultimately set him free. You see, he knew there in communist China, in the sham of a trial on false charges, Jesus had been with him all along. Let's pray. Father, forgive us for thinking that you used to be active in our world, but now you've grown silent. Remind us that you're always working to bring your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to trust in you. We rejoice that Jesus is alive and we can know you through him. And we pray together in his name. Amen.